Welcome to the Places Where We Go podcast. Hello, I'm Julie. And I'm Art. Join us as we share our travel stories. We'll tell you about where we've been, what we saw, and what we did. We're always looking for a bit of an adventure. Sometimes we travel far. Sometimes we explore the places close to our home. Wherever we go, we'll let you know about the highlights and top tips to help you plan your future adventures. This is the Places Where We Go podcast. If you like small western towns, join us today because we're taking you to Lone Pine, California. You should see your arm motions when you introduce things. This should be a video? Big. should be a video? (laughs) I'm animated today. I'm feeling better. I think... I don't know, it was still the last episode that we did that I was still getting over COVID and hacking and coughing and struggling to speak. I'm much better. I think I'm my voice is back to normal, which is a good thing. So Lone Pine, California, this is a small western town in the Owens Valley, which, by the way, is one of the deepest valleys on the planet. Lone Pine is the base camp for climbers and hikers who venture their way to Mount Whitney. We, we saw a few. We did. Yep. And that's the highest point in the continental U.S. We've even spoken to a few during one of our visits to the area. Yeah, Yeah. we were eating lunch and these two women had come down. They just came off the mountain. Yeah, and one was not doing so well. No. Yeah, it's a strenuous adventure that takes you up in altitude. And if you're not ready for the altitude, it'll knock you on your butt. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So on the west side of Lone Pine is a wall of jagged granite peaks along the Sierra Crest that is anchored, as we mentioned, by Mount Whitney. The town has an annual parade of hikers and mountain climbers who uh, come here to Summit Whitney, and that keeps a constant flow of people that support the local lodging, restaurants, and visitor services. Lone Pine is situated kind of between a number of natural tourist destinations in California, which include Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks, Mammoth Mountain. To the east, you have Death Valley National Park. And up to, I think it's kind of like the northwest, you have Yosemite. Nearby Lone Pine, you've got opportunities for hiking, fishing, and you're going to see some of the most beautiful backcountry of California. Lone Pine is named after a solitary pine tree that once existed at the mouth of Lone Pine Canyon. Who named it Lone Pine? I don't know. Somebody who knew about the tree. Somebody who was there. I didn't do that part of the homework, so I don't know. Oh, okay. So, you know, some background about how it is that we got to and selected Lone Pine as a destination. So if you've listened to the show, you have heard over the years, we're residents in California. We live in Southern California. Julie, you've had family who's lived in... We refer to it as Northern California. Mm-hmm. Actually, you've, you've had a sister who's lived just about as far north as you can get in right. California, Crescent City. Yeah. So, And another sister who's lived in Santa Rosa area, that right. neck of the woods. Right. Because of... mainly because a large of these, family. You have a very large family. Yes. Yes. The which, end. Which, <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah, for the, this week, we're going to make it the end because uh-uh. with lots of people comes lots of... People. Okay. <laughs> Lots of things. So primarily, I think, because of opportunities to visit family, we have found ourselves over the years making more trips than I can remember from Southern California into at least the central part of California, if not Northern California. And you've got five main arteries that you can drive. So the one we usually take 
is I-5. And yeah. I-5 goes all the way from like the San Diego area. And I, I think it ends up in Washington State. It just, it, you know, north, yeah. To, yeah. south to north, it's, it's, keeps going, keeps yep, going. Keeps going. And that drive for us is visually the most blah, boring, yeah. when are we going to get to our destination type drive. Yeah. There's just not a lot there. There's few towns in between. Mostly, you just drive by these little towns. Yeah. There's nothing really. It's it's there. the trucker's route. Yeah. So you're sharing the the road with big rigs, semis, and that combination of vehicle travel also does take a toll on the road. So mm-hmm. we do a our share of bumping and yeah, potholes yeah. and yeah. Yeah. To the west of I five, you've got the 101 freeway, which is a much more pleasurable drive from a scenic perspective. And if you have the time, even further west, you have PCH or Highway 1. Mm-hmm. Absolutely gorgeous. Yes, but it is the most difficult ride. Yeah, because there's a lot of twists and turns, yeah. and it's, it's going to slow you down. It's right along the coast. It's yeah. just gorgeous. Yeah. But it's, it's a drive yeah. that, I mean, everybody should take at, at one stage or another. It's a drive that I believe is not big rig friendly, but if you have a car, it's beautiful. Yeah. To the east of I-5, another road that we sometimes take, depending where we're going, like Sequoia National Park, Highway 99. I, don't know, I kind of always see that one as an agricultural type mm-hmm. of community. Right, goes through Bakersfield. Yeah, and then the other south to north artery is the one that we've probably taken the least, but it always makes such an impression, and that's Highway 395. Mm-hmm. And 395 is the one that goes through Lone Pine. So several years ago, we were visiting yeah, another family member. You have a brother in Reno. Mm-hmm. And when we visited him, we drove up on the 395, and we're taking that drive and just seeing you know, the beautiful landscape of the eastern Sierras. And we kept driving through these towns that had clearly had this old western history. Mm-hmm. And we said, we need to spend some more time on this part of the state. Yeah. And so we did take the opportunity to book us some days in Lone Pine. And there were some other things around the area that we wanted to see. So we're going to get into those. I think it's probably maybe one of the least traveled of the routes that we've mentioned, but it just offers some spectacular historic parts of California to visit. So also in the area of Lone Pine, we had been hearing about this place called the Alabama Hills, which we'll get into. And that was another reason that we went to Lone Pine. We wanted to check that out. And on that prior drive, we had driven past Manzanar, And the proximity to Lone Pine is fairly close. So there was a few things that drew us to the area. So getting to Lone Pine, it's about 95 miles due east of Fresno. It's interesting because where it sits, there's no road that crosses the Sierra Nevada from kind of like from west to east. So if you want to get from like the Fresno area to the Lone Pine area, you've either got to go south and make this big loop through Bakersfield or you're going up north around Lake Tahoe and you're making another U-loop. There's no direct route. Well, yeah, because right? the Sierra Nevadas are right there, that mountain range. Yeah. And I couldn't imagine trying to put a pass through the, that mountain range. Yeah. It's, it's just so high and probably very perilous in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, I mean, if there are any roads, they're, they've got to be, I mean, like really small, difficult to navigate roads. They don't come up on the mapping programs when you say, I want to get well, from... Well, they don't from, cross. Right. So, um, you know, from where we live, it was just over a three-hour drive 
to get to Lone Pine. Not bad. And uh, we're going to start to take you into our adventure. But first, Julie. Let's, let's do my favorite part, which is a bit of a history snapshot of Lone Pine. In the 1870s, it was an important supply town for nearby mining communities. During that period, the town suffered a major earthquake and it destroyed most of the structures in the town. And you can go through and see uh, a few plaques that indicate where uh, some of this collapse happened. In the 1880s, though, the railroads started playing a major role in the development of the area. It was the CNC rail line, and it had this engine called the Slim Princess. And that railroad would bring in passengers twice a week en route to Mojave, which is in that area, too. About the 1920s, uh, there was a movie production company that came to what we referred to a little while ago, the Alabama Hills, to make the silent movie called The Roundup. And over time and over the decades, there have been over 400 films filmed there, 100 television episodes, and they've used this location as their their backdrop for their films. It's And if you ever go there, you'll see why. Yeah, if you've watched your share of Western movies, no doubt you have seen the landscape of the Alabama Hills. Absolutely. Or The Lone Ranger. Yep. That's a big one there. About the 1940s, the attack on Pearl Harbor had happened, and President Roosevelt he had signed an executive order that required people from the Japanese ancestry living along the Pacific coast to be placed in what they called relocation camps. And one of these is called Manzanar, which is just seven miles of Lone Pine. So we're going to start with a number of things that we have actually experienced in the area. And that would first start with the Eastern Sierra Interagency Visitor Center. Yeah, so we love our visitor center. Yeah, and we always we, we typically recommend you know start a trip with a stop at the visitor center. So when you and I went to Lone Pine, we had a number of things that we already spec'd out our on our itinerary that we knew we wanted to do. We did stop at the visitor center, but it was kind of on the tail end of our trip. It wasn't mm-hmm. one of the first things that we did. And one of the things that stood out to me about this visitor center is so many visitor centers when you when you go to them. They seem to be specific to the location that you're in, right? So if you go to Sequoia National Park, the visitor center is about usually the general area where you're staying. You'll talk about the national park. Sometimes you go to a visitor center that's located in a city. It'll talk to you about the city. This one had such a broad geography that it covered. It basically touched on a lot of the eastern Sierra, which I think, you know, overall, I mean, we're talking about hundreds of square miles Mm -hmm. that you can learn about in this visitor center. So it's a nice stop. You're going to get a lot of information, a lot of ideas about things that you can see, if not on the trip that you're doing at that point in time, even ideas for future trips. So as an example, and I think I had this queued up for later in our, you know, if we had more time, what else would we do? There's an area that's at least an hour north of Lone Pine. It didn't fit into our itinerary, but it's called the Ancient Bristlecone Pine Forest. And that area is said to have among the oldest living trees on earth. I've heard the oldest, so I don't know. But there's claims that some of the living trees that are there are over 4,000 years old. So I've talked to some folks 
at work who have ventured there and have had great things to say about it. We've not gone to the bristlecone pine forest yet but definitely on our list for future adventures and so that was like an example of one thing that we learned about that's in the eastern sierras there's so much in the eastern sierras it's not something that you're going to soak up i don't think in like a single trip this part of the state is a Mm -hmm. multi-trip experience Mm -hmm. but we did see some very specific things when we were in lone pine and julie you mentioned the alabama hills so take us there we spoke about that and you might hear Alabama hills and think you're in the south somewhere. These hills are actually adjacent to Lone Pine, California. This area is home to weird and strangely wonderful multicolored orange rock formations. And it is a backdrop to Mount Whitney. And there is another peak next to it called Lone Pine Peak. So we decided, because we are RVers, that we were going to kind of drive out and scope the area out and see what it would be like to actually camp there. Yeah. Now, why is it that somebody might have to scope this out versus just going online and making a reservation for camping? Because it's BLM land. Um, There is no reservation. It's a first come, first serve. You show up, you pick a spot. Find a piece of dirt that's going to work for you. Yeah. And since it is Alabama Hills... There's a lot of ups and downs to it. So you have the initial road that goes into it, which is gravel and dirt. And that goes in for a while and you'll see split offs from this road going off in different directions. And some of these roads can be very, very precarious if you have a longer rig. Yeah. So I think you and I walked away with the conclusion that if we're going to come up here someday to camp with the trailer, that... Either if we're on our own or if we're some with some other people, that somebody would be best served to unhitch, if everybody is hitched up with a trailer, and go do some reconnaissance of the area to find out like where's the best place that's open at the time. And that's going to avoid dips where you might get stuck in. Mm-hmm. But I think we also walked away saying, hey, this is a place that sure looks... Like it would be fun to come back to absolutely. someday. So yeah, absolutely. Just and considering weather, right? It gets very, very, very hot in the summer. Yeah. So we're recording this in the summer. So yeah. this is not a time of the year where we would do this. But winter time for sure. Springtime, I could see that happening. So yeah, yeah. An interesting fact: we said that uh, Alabama Hill sounds like it's in the south, but the hills were actually named in 1862 by Southern sympathizers. And they commemorated the victories of the Confederate ship, which was called CSS Alabama. And the name, interestingly enough, sticks to this day. Yes. But we did a little bit more than just scope out future RV sites. There's a pretty well-known trailhead there. Mm -hmm. There's an arch, and this arch has a name. It's called the Mobius Arch. And there's a, a trailhead that loops around in this beautiful area. It's not long at all. It's very doable. When you arrive at Alabama Hills, you are going to turn on to what they call Movie Road. And they call that, obviously, because there are many, many film companies that come out. And that's your entry point for Alabama Hills. And then you drive for about a mile and a half, and you get to this Y intersection, and that's where you find a dirt parking lot. From there is the trailhead. And you hike from the parking lot to Mobius Arch, And, I mean, you thought it was pretty easy. I I thought it was pretty easy. You know, you have to walk it. It's short enough. It's not challenging. Yeah. Yeah. 
anytime you can get out in nature and see some of these arch formations, you know, we don't have the breadth of arches that you have at a place like Arches National Park in Utah, but this is one of the arches that we have that it's a place that's easy to get to. Yeah. yeah. And is probably one of the most photographed formations in that area. And it's pretty big. I mean, you can get inside it, so it's, it's pretty yep. big. So we did. We walked onto the arch, and we got some pictures, and luckily there was another couple there, and they took pictures of both of us together. It was a really fun walk, a beautiful area. I really, really enjoyed it there. Yeah, this is the place, if you like walking in desert landscape, you can spend all day long just trouncing around the rocks and the features that are in this area. And if you want to even be more adventurous, you can make your way to the other sites nearby, and that includes the Lath Arch, the Eye of Alabama, Whitney Portal Arch, and there are several other geological marvels in the area. So it's just stunning. It's beautiful. You see Mount Whitney in the background. It's just absolutely stunning place. Yeah, if you want to get away from crowds, this is a great place to go. Oh, and if you like night photographs, it has very low light pollution. So that's a good place if if you're into that kind of photography. So from the hills back into town, one of the main draws in Lone Town is a place called the Museum of Western Film History. So we stopped in here. I do enjoy a nice Western movie. And uh, you walk through these doors and you just immerse yourself in Western film history. You find the museum at 701 South Main Street, which I believe is 395. I think it's just called South Main Street at this part of, uh, of town. Inside the museum, you're going to see an extensive collection of costumes, cars, props, posters, all kinds of memorabilia that tell the story of filming in and around Lone Pine, including in the Alabama Hills. You mentioned, Julie, that the filming here started in 1920 with the movie Roundup, and since then, the area has hosted Western classics that have featured stars such as Gene Autry, Hopalong Cassidy, Roy Rogers, and John Wayne. So, you know, the big names the of the Western... The Man in Black. What do you call him? The Man in Black. Isn't that Johnny Cash? Oh, you're right. What's John Wayne? The Duke. The Duke. Okay. We got discombobulated for a minute. John yes. Conway was not the man in black. Yes. He's the Duke. Johnny Cash is the man in black. Uh, there's too many Johnnies. Yes. So in addition to the area being used for portraying the Western landscape, the wild, wild West, it's also been used to portray other areas. It's doubled as the Himalayas in films such as in 1939's Gunga Din. It's been the backdrop of Spain in the 2000s movie Gladiator. And it's even been the landscape in sci-fi movies like Rocket Ship XM from 1950 and Star Trek V from 1989. It's like a chameleon of a landscape. It can be the wild, wild west. It could be the moon. And it's been all those things and everything in between. So in the museum, you'll visit several rooms that trace the history of filming from the silent movies to the present day. We started with viewing a short documentary that plays in a small theater that there's in the museum on site. And you'll see how movies have been made through a variety of mediums. You're gonna see artifacts used during filming, movie posters, toys from bygone areas, and displays of film technology. And when you're done, I think just around the gift store area, you can get this uh, sheet of paper that has GPS locations 
of where a number of films have been made. So you leave the theater and you drive out toward the Alabama hills with your phone. You put in the GPS coordinate and you can visit. I think there's like at least a dozen films that they'll tell you how to get to the site of where it was filmed. Mm -hmm. We spent about two hours visiting the museum. You could spend a little bit more, but I think, you know, two hours is a good enough amount of time to devote to this museum. And then we left and did something else. Yes, we did. (laughs) We decided to go up to the Whitney portal. Now, initially, uh, we were going to go up to the portal to pick up my brother, another brother. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And he had found his way off of Mount Whitney. He did the John Muir Trail. He had found a ride off of Mount Whitney and um, had gotten a ride to his car. So he was good. But we wanted to go up there anyway. So we took the drive. It's about 11 miles. It took us about 20 minutes because it is a windy mountain road. And there's places you can pull over to see just beautiful views yeah. of the valley below. It's yeah. just, it was gorgeous. Now, and you might also kind of set the stage, you know, when we left the town of Lone Pine, hot summer day, it was like in the upper 90s, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was hot, hot down there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That will have changed as you go through this description. Yes. The road was used in two films. One was High Sierra that had hump. Bolgart and Ida Lupino, and also the long, long trailer with Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. I think I saw that one. It's on my list of movies to see. I don't think I've ever seen it. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna pull it up one of these days on one of these streaming services. Because of the road itself, we took our truck. We have a a F two fifty, and it was fine. Mm -hmm. But I would not pull up there at all. First of all. It would be hard to pull a trailer on that two-lane road. And secondly, when you get to the portal, there is no way you're going to find a place to put something to pull. Yeah, I mean, my memory is that the campsites up there, because there were some campsites, I think yeah. they were like tent only. They were, I think they were tent only. Yeah, so definitely sure. something you'd want to do some homework on. They have the tent only sites because they accommodate hikers coming off uh, Mount Whitney. So it's only tent only. So just know... Don't bring any rigs up there. Yeah. We, with some difficulty, found a place to park. It was very crowded. And the truck is huge. The truck is huge. If we had a smaller something, it would have been easier. But we finally found a place to park and got out of the truck. And what would you say? Maybe a 20, 25 degree at, change? At least 25 degrees. Yeah, I, would, was, I wouldn't be surprised if it was 30 degrees. It was amazing. Yeah. I was just like, wow. Yeah. So, you know, what's interesting to me is, I mean, we've been on the other side of this part of the Sierras, I mean, so many times, well over a dozen times, you know, all these trips to Sequoia. Hmm? When we make that road up that side of the mountain, it takes a while to get from, you know, when you're down around Visalia to actually get mm-hmm. into Sequoia National Park. I was so surprised at how quick this ride was yeah. from Lone Pine to be up at Whitney Portal. Yeah. And in that short amount of time, I forget what you said, 20 minutes or something, yeah. the temperature dropped in dramatically. Yeah. And while we left this 95 plus degree heat in Lone Pine, now we were in, it was, it was cool. There was thunderstorms happening. Yeah, we got rained on. We had to take cover. Yeah. <laughs> it was like being in a... It almost felt like we had gotten on a plane, flew half the country away, and we're in a totally different place. 
Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't think that 20 yeah. minutes away, the, the, yeah. it, it the was, weather would be so different. Yeah, it was very yeah. dramatic. Yeah. So as we said, there are some campgrounds there, uh, tent only. Parking is limited, but they do have a portal store, and you can buy some food. You can buy goods. Um, they have a restaurant that is well-known for hikers to come off of Mount Whitney and devour these gigantic burgers and other things that they that they make at this store. They have this one item that is famous there. Once you take this John Muir Trail, which is a walk in the Sierra Nevada for over 200 miles, these obscenely large pancakes, they're massively thick. They say about an inch. Think of a hubcap. That's how large they are. And this is one of the famous things that these hikers come down and eat because they come down and they just want massive carbs. Yep. And they also, like I said, they have these big, massive burgers. They have the fries that go with it, and they also have beer. So if you want to, like a, a change of scenery, if you're in Lone Pine, it's a short enough drive, and it's just beautiful up in this part of the Sierras, and you've got yeah. the kind of the forest area, the, the And they do have area. some hiking trails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So other than, you know, the John Muir. Right. But there are hike, other hiking trails. Yeah. So just a reminder, too. So you mentioned the John Muir Trail several times. I think it was maybe last fall or so. I mean, you can go back in the archives, but we interviewed your brother mm-hmm. who's hiked the John Muir Trail several times. So mm-hmm. if you'd like to hear more about that experience and what that's like, go back in our archives and we have an episode on John Muir Trail. I don't know if an actual person that did it several times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you and I will ever be doing that one, (laughs) but Uh, uh, I don't know. But we've uh, done it vicariously through your brother. Yes. Yeah. So with that, down the mountain we go. And the next place that we visited, mentioned this earlier in the show, the Manzanar National Historic Site. So we did visit Manzanar on this trip. However, yeah, that was that was a big wow moment. We are going to save a discussion of Manzanar for our next episode. So you know, tune in next time. There's a lot to recap and discuss. Yeah, I'll just leave you with saying I believe it's an essential place to visit. If you've not been, you should go. And if you'd like to visit Lone Pine or any destination. Take a visit to our website, theplaceswherewego.com, where you can start your travel planning on our travel resources page. Whether you're looking for a flight, hotel, rental car, or savings for unique attractions, you can begin booking your next vacation at our travel resources portal. And if you book through the links on our website, it's a free way to support our show without any additional cost to you. Okay, there was a few other things that we did while we were visiting Lone Pine. We went to the Santa Rosa Catholic Church. It's a very small little church. Um, it was built in 1919, and it was a Sunday, mm-hmm. and, you know, we're Catholic, so we attended Mass there. And it was just a, it was just a sweet little church. Yeah, know, I enjoyed that one. I just found yeah. it very calm and peaceful. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. We walked around downtown Lone Pine, of course, and they do have shops and restaurants we had salmon and we had a Guinness at a restaurant called The Grill, and it was very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, downtown isn't that big, so it's it's a pretty short walk. They do have other hikes and walks in the area, 
And we walked to a place called Owens Lake. There, there was no water in this lake, but it's called Owens Lake. Yeah, so, and it was adjacent to where we were staying. So we just headed off in that direction and kind of walked and walked and walked as far as we wanted. We could have kept going for hours probably oh, through Owens for, Lake. It, yeah. yeah, it was just a massive expanse of land. Yeah. But we enjoyed it. It was during the evening, and so it was cooler, and it was, it was nice. I we like had a my good walks, time. yeah. Yeah. And we did notice lots of bats around the campground. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. I think once upon a time, they used to freak me out a little bit more. I'm, I'm better with the bats now. But They're flying rodents. <laughs> they must be coming up from caves up there in the Sierras. Oh, yeah. Is, they're is coming guess. out to eat. So they yep. were coming out to eat. And it yeah. was a fun time at that campground. I liked yeah. it. And apparently, this area has dozens and dozens and dozens of bird varieties. So if you're a person who likes to watch birds... There's apparently an abundance of varieties in this area. So when we were doing this walk, there was a little kiosk stand that we had picked up. Um, they called it a birder's guide mm-hmm. and opened it up. And they list, I just pulled it up the other day. I, I found it on my desk. I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens of birds. But I remember when you and I were walking, yeah. I think we kept seeing the same one type of bird. Yeah, there's, it's seasonal. I so mean, it's, it must be. Yeah, yeah. They apparently are there. You can get a checklist. Yeah. To look for them, but we didn't see, we saw bats and we saw one other main variety of bird on our trip. If we had more time, there's many things in the area. Just, we're going to mention just a few that we probably will do the next time we go up that neck of the woods. The Eastern California Museum is just north in the next town of Independence. You can see a collection of artifacts and photographs that document the cultural and natural history of Inyo County and Eastern Sierra, so another place to soak up some California history. And we mentioned the ancient bristlecone pine forest, another thing about 65 miles away from Lone Pine. Another place is Mount Whitney Summit Shelter. And this is where many of the hikers uh, go to. It's it's one of the go-to sites on that, uh, that trail. And it is said that it's a doable climb, but you have to have the right permit to do it. This shelter was built in 1909. The granite shelter was constructed to give hikers a safe haven from storms, which come through there very frequently. It was a place that housed scientists to study the altitude. I thought I had read recently that like one of the, either the first person to ever stay at the shelter or one of the first was killed by lightning. Oh, wow. Yeah. As we said, there is a permit that you need in order to do that climb up to the shelter, and they are limited in number. They're granted and dispersed through a a lottery system in the area. So the trail is a steady 11-mile climb from the Whitney Portal to the summit. It is usually free of snow from July to late September. There are three campsites available on the trail for climbers to spend the night and make the trip to the summit the day after. Yeah, I mean, you and I, we've hiked in altitude, I think probably at the range of 8,000-ish feet or so. Like Mm -hmm. last time we were in Sequoia, when you're in altitude, I mean, that knocks the wind out of you. And when you've got a a path where you're just going up and up and up, and and I think what Whitney is somewhere like in the 14,000 foot Mm -hmm. level or so, you need to be in shape. You need to be prepared. Mm -hmm. And again, we've even, you know, run into people who, you know, seem to be, you know, physically active, physically fit. And 
they've been challenged by right. getting up there. So mm-hmm. it would be neat to see. I just, I, I don't know if my day has passed for that. I don't know. It's one of those things. I mean, if you, you can try it and if you don't get there, you don't. You turn around and go back. Yep. We've had our share of uh, yeah. trying some things and most of the time we make it. We've had a couple of turnarounds. Yeah, we have. But if you don't try, you'll never know, right? That's right. There's um, one particular main event that happens just about every year in Lone Pine. And I say just about because like so many things during the COVID era, this event I think was probably canceled for either one or two years. I believe it resumes this year and it's the Lone Pine Film Festival. So this is an annual festival that celebrates the legacy of filmmaking in the area. It's held annually over the Columbus Day weekend. So I think it's like, what, the second weekend in October. And it's noted as one of the most important Western film festivals in the country. It usually includes film screenings, guided tours into the Alabama hills, guest speakers, Wild West and rodeo shows, and typically closes with a Sunday night campfire. And you have never been to a rodeo. Not yet. I have. I want to. I'll have to take you. I have a lot of things. I've been on planet Earth a long time. I've done a lot of things, but there's still a ton of things I haven't yeah, done. So yeah. we got to keep going. Keep, yeah. Keep, keep on traveling. Yeah. <laughs> More things to talk about on the show, right? So I mentioned we brought our trailer up and we were RVing at a place called Boulder Creek RV Resort. So this is a resort that has full hookups. They have a swimming pool and spa. They have some pull-through sites. They have an on-site mini-mart. There's playground for the kids. There is Wi-Fi, we, and I think we tapped into it, but I don't think it... Yeah, it wasn't the best. It I wasn't think, the best. Yeah, we were able to get like some email, but if you want to do anything where you need some internet speed yeah. happening, at least during our stay, it wasn't particularly speedy. Yeah, where we were at, it was not that speedy. Yeah. There are rental cabins, and there are some tent sites. You have an area, if you have a dog, for uh, walking, a dog run for them. They have a laundromat. They have showers. They did have like this continental breakfast for oh, yeah. people that were were um, booked there. And so think, that was kind of cool. And I think free coffee, too. Yeah. Free coffee yeah. and muffins. and Yeah. yeah. I, I think today, at the time of this podcast, I just looked the other day, I believe... The sites are running around 65 bucks a night. Mm-hmm. So give mm-hmm. or take, I would stay there again yeah. without a question. Yeah. I, you know, It was a nice place. And especially if you want to visit Lone Pine and surrounding areas, if you have a rig or if you even want to check out some of the cabins, et cetera, it's a nice little base camp yeah. for a visit there. Yeah. And there was some tent campers there when we were there. Mm-hmm. And this is in the summer. Yeah. But I could imagine that's probably pretty hot. I think so. So for me, I'm way past tent camping in the heat. We were running the air conditioner in the trailer. That's right. Yeah. So that's going to close out this part of our visit to the area. Again, next time you join us and we're going to do a a dive into Manzanar. It's another one of our national historic sites. Huge, important history. And there's aspects of it, I think, that have particular relevance today. And we'll, we'll actually talk about some of those, mm-hmm. those parallels. So mm-hmm. join us next time for that. And with that, you know, we do hope that you've heard some things on this episode that will help you plan a future visit to Lone Pine. If you're not subscribing to us yet, take a minute and subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite source for podcasts and catch up on our future episodes. 
We'd really appreciate it also if you left us a review or a comment or anything Just, that is helpful to us to understand that, you know, we're doing okay. We're doing a good job here. You can just say hi. Just say hi. That's okay. Cool, that's cool too. You can also follow our adventures most weeks on our YouTube channel, The Places Where We Go. So thanks for joining us again at The Places Where We Go. Bye. If you have any comments or information to share with us about travel, you can write to us at comments at theplaceswherewego.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram as The Places Where We Go. You can find us on Twitter as The Places Where One, the number one. And you can watch our travel adventures on YouTube, where our channel name is The Places Where We Go. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you at the places where we go. See you next time. Bye now.